the glazers in or the glazers out today the rumors are intensifying that in actual fact the glazers are not going to be selling man united after all despite bidders coming in despite valuations coming in the rumors are suggesting that it will now no longer happen today we will be discussing and analyzing what is going on and we'll also have a little premier league roundup roll that intro Welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. Two things I need from you first and foremost. Hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button. It takes about two seconds. Thank you very much. Now, as we said, the main topic of discussion today is going to be Man United and the Glazers and the rumours that actually they may not be sold at all, um, which would obviously come as a devastating blow, I think, to, to many fans across the world. But before we get into the main topic, we have to talk about the Premier League action from this weekend. It was a chaotic weekend of, of upsets, um, some bottles potentially, um, and we'll get straight into the bottles. Reese, again, we are here. Arsenal have bottled a 2-0 lead to potentially blow the title. It must be weird for you because you kind of predicted this. So you're kind of right, but at the same time, it means your team might not win the league. What's your thoughts on the draw? Is it over for the title race for you guys? Oh, yeah, it's over. I said this six weeks ago. I said it seven <laughs> weeks ago. I said it eight weeks ago. I said they were never going to win it. That's how football works. Modern football works. Um, it is what it is. Look, you know, I said they don't have the mentality to go to these teams and do it. The mentality comes into it at a certain time. You have to play teams. We would have played West Ham two weeks ago. We would have beaten West Ham. But the pressure was on West Ham to get the result. And that's exactly what happened. It is what it is. You know, Man City are going to win the league and they're going to win it. Well, they might win it quite comfortably in the end. They probably won't need it to go to the last day at all. So, look, it's over. But at the end of the day, the goal was to get top four. And they should be happy that they've not only just got top four, but they've ex- succeeded that by quite some margin. So, it is what it is, but you know that again. That's how football works. You know, it, it modern football particularly works in this way. So I don't know why people were so confident it was going to happen anyway. With 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 again, we've we've questioned mentality, and obviously, look, we did we did a big podcast on it last season about Arsenal's mentality. We we've talked about you know it's a young up and coming squad. Do you think that is the big factor behind why it feels like... Because the, t- the table, and Jamie might say it in a minute, the table doesn't feel like it is over, but the momentum, the psychology, it does feel a bit that Arsenal have blown it, even though the table suggests otherwise. Yeah, it's the exact same thing as last year. Everyone just looks at a, a team name on paper. It doesn't mean anything. Like I said, you have to consider the psychological aspect of everything. And that's what's happened. You know, they are a young team. You can't win things with the, with, a, with the youngest team in the league. You just can't. It doesn't work like that. But as you see, they learned from the lessons last year and have improved so they can learn on it this year. You know, if you look at the likes of Zinchenko, et cetera, they know it's done. So it is what it is. It's something to learn next year. And that's absolutely fine. Jamie, straight back over to you. Is it over? You Obviously, you're buzzing two, two you know, game weeks in a row. Arsenal drop points from seemingly winning positions. Is it over? Are you popping champagne already? <laughs> no, no, 
No, I think Reese and other Arsenal fans are too quick to dismiss the title race being over. Yes, you've dropped points, but you were going to drop points. Like City are going to drop points. People are talking about now we're going to go and win the rest of the games, every game in the season, and win the treble. It's like the treble could happen, but we're not going to win every game. Sort of like. I'm going to touch woods because I like the treble to happen and us to win every game. But I don't see that happening. That's just not the way football works. It's still going to be coming down to the wire. I don't see either City or Arsenal having more more than a three-point lead coming into the, the last game of the season. It just means the game at the Etihad is absolutely massive because... A draw uh, before this result, a draw was probably still enough where they could go on and win every game. Uh, they could still draw at Newcastle and then win every game and still win the title. Now it means if they draw at City, they can't drop points against Newcastle, for example, or the, any of the other games. So that's where I think I think people are getting over the top on saying that the title race is over. Yes, City, we're a great team. But it doesn't mean we're not going to drop points. It doesn't mean Arsenal aren't going to drop points as well. But it's going to be such a great game at the Etihad, I think. And that's going to probably determine the league. Yeah. And on that, to play devil's advocate, you know, even if City win the game in hand, Arsenal are still one point clear. So, again, you could argue the same thing. They could avoid defeat, win the other games and still win the league. So, maybe yeah. not Maybe not over. Um, I guess the other roundups we've got to come on to my abysmal state of a club at the minute. Uh, I've already done a TikTok on most of my thoughts. Um, if you're not following us already, make sure you're following us on TikTok and Instagram. But I, I, I said I said on the group chat before, the bookies tend to be right. And the bookies had Brighton as the favourites at Stamford Bridge. I cannot express how ridiculous that is. Sorry, I want to just stop you there. You did not say in our group chat that the bookies are right. You said... What did I say? You said that if I was a betting man, I would <laughs> back us because yeah. we're not the favourites at home. Yeah, yeah. there was he value did back us. say the bookies have them as Brighton as favourites, to be fair. He said, they, that, yeah. he said that part, but yeah. he didn't put it as the bookies are always right. That, that was the main point, that the bookies had Brighton as favourites at Stamford Bridge, which is an absolute disgrace. And that, for me, emphasises where we're at. You know, if it's a big club, whatever, someone pushing for the title, it makes sense. But, you know, no disrespect to Brighton, because let's be fair, they've been absolutely unreal this season and deserve all the praise in the world. But we should never be underdogs at our own place to a side pushing for, you know, top six and not one of the big teams. Um, and, yeah, as I said, the, book, the bookies were right. We got completely and utterly played off the park. And... An XG of under one, players not playing together. You had Kepa giving out instructions on the pitch. Um, it's it's a complete and utter mess right now. Um, and obviously you've got the rumours coming out of Bowley in the dressing room and all that. It always tends to happen. Four four three tactic. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the rumours <laughs> next will be that James Corden told him the formation. Um, if you believe that, I think you need your head checking. But yeah, um, let, let's just before we move on to the Glazers. Let's talk about a couple of the other notable results. The big one, in my eyes, was Bournemouth. 
let's be fair, all three of us have written off Bournemouth. I'm pretty sure on a relegation video, we all said they're going to go down. And yet here we are, they've won away at Spurs. And let me just double check this. They are now 14. six points. Well, yeah, they're 14th in the league and they're six points clear of relegation. That is insane. Are we changing our minds? <laughs> I think you're going to, I think I'm going to have to. Because I don't, I really don't see all four of them teams gaining six points. That's, that's the problem. It's not that sort of Bournemouth have got the points on board and I think that's what's going to count. And I think if Bournemouth pick up another three or four points in the last seven games, they're safe because the other teams aren't going to pick up that many points because they've all all been abysmal, really. So that's that's why I say, see them staying up now because that win against Spurs is mental. It's, all Bournemouth fans did not expect that. They went there to see a nice new stadium and hope for a draw at best. And they've gone and scored a 90, what was it, 94th minute winner. <laughs> this perfect day out for him. I mean, other than other than United and Chelsea, all the remaining games are teams around them as well. So can't put it past them, but I, I still think they're, they're going to go down. But you're looking at Southampton, though. You can't see Southampton. You're, I think, Jamie, you say a fair point. You can't see Southampton over, overturning a 10-point deficit. And that's just Bournemouth, by the way. Like Bournemouth no, are 10 points ahead got... of Southampton. It's just it's only four of them, isn't it? So if you think about it at the moment, it's Forest, Everton, Leeds, West Ham. Can all four of them get more points than Bournemouth? Everton is their last game. That, that is massive. At Everton. At They've Everton. still got Leeds to play. They've still got Southampton to play. They've got Palace to play. West Ham. They've got the fixtures to keep themselves up. Yeah, it's like Palace. They've got the fixtures that would actually give them that, that edge. Well, Palace are going for Chelsea now, three points away from them. Are Chelsea going to get relegated, George? That's what we need to be asking. <laughs> I think luckily we've got enough of a buffer. We might... Uh, need one yeah, more point I mean, that 40, don't you? That is, it's honestly ridiculous. Three points off. Uh, I mean, Roy Hodgson, three out of three. They've scored, what, 10 goals in three games, I believe. Fair play. It's come in and worked, the new, new manager. Old new manager bounce, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be going for him next as, as our manager at the end of the season. Um, and then I guess the other the other big result is Villa absolutely abusing Newcastle, who in Newcastle have been in unreal form. What is going on? Emery, people I feel like after his Arsenal tenure sort of didn't rate Emery. Now he's proven, I think, he's he's a top manager. It's amazing that he's th they're three points off Spurs in fifth. Like, it's... The form, the form they're in, I think only... I think only City have better form than them in 2023. I think Arsenal might be as well. It's... They're the, they're the top three teams in form. And Villa, Villa are absolutely flying. And Emery has won over the fans massively and it's showing 
they look they look incredible and I'm glad that I'm glad that City don't have to play the probably the most one of the most informed teams in the league. I mean I mean this really wasn't it wasn't difficult to pick up from where Steven Gerrard left off, was it? Um, well not to improve, but to improve. Yeah, I mean personally I yeah. I personally I think you know Emery I think his treatment at Arsenal was very unfair by supporters. I think he's no a good coach. And I think he gets the best out of a lot of players. And I think that's why we're seeing a good form from Watkins. It's not much of a shock. Um, I think he will... I don't think he'll get the fourth spot. But I think next season, Villa will be pushing for sixth, seventh at least. And then it will probably linger around there for a while. Because he doesn't... His away record isn't great as a coach. And I think that's where it will go. But if they're finishing around sixth or seventh for the next few years, that'll be fine. It's whether they want to push further than that after that. I don't think he's capable of doing that, but he deserves credit of for what he's done in any case. And he's actually, you know, brought his brought his name back in England, I think, after after what was a disappointing end to his Arsenal career. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I did feel sorry for him. Just saying that with the fourth place, they've got to play United and Spurs and Brighton and Liverpool. They're all tough games. But they're all the teams fighting for that top four spot. That's the that's just the funny part of it. So that that's you know if if they go to keep up the form, they're probably going to win a few quite a few of them, and then that really that would be probably the shock of the season. I, I think apart from if Arsenal Arsenal winning the title or Villa coming fourth, what would actually be more shocking if you go from the start of the season? Uh, I actually don't know. Arsenal winning the league would be more of a shock. Let, let's be honest there. I think yeah. You know, yeah. You've got a budget right. and capability to do that on a good season, but they have to rely on everyone else around them having poor seasons or bang average seasons, which is what's benefiting them at the moment. Yeah. 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 But, it's not, it's not, but that would still be incredible, I think, for the season if they somehow got fourth. Yeah, that would be, actually be insane. I mean, they, they should be building statues of Emery outside the club if he does that, because that really would be ridiculous. I, I don't think they will, but it's just they've got they've put themselves now in a chance. Yeah, and there was us thinking they were on the beach about two weeks ago, and now look at them, crazy. Um, but anyway, let let's move on now to the big topic of today. We've seen it all over socials. The the rumors are coming out that actually after all this back and forth. The Glazers are now potentially not going to sell Man United. Jamie, that hypothetical bottle of champagne—is it back for you? Is it back for this or not? That one, get it out, please. Just come out and come out and admit it, Glazers. Say you're not selling, and I'll pop the cork. It's gone over because the only reason why I say that is because it's more of a worry if United got bought out by the Qataris. Because United are already, in my opinion, the second biggest club in the world, apart from Real Madrid. So for them to then get the backing of the Qatar, who's, who's the first, by the way? Was that a debate for the, another day? No, no, no. That's, that's Real Madrid. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think it's controversial to say Real Madrid are the biggest and United <laughs> are the second. I'm not going to class City as the top. Yeah, I was I'm hoping not... you were going to say that for some. Uh, for <laughs> I'm some not debate. that deluded. I'm not that deluded. Come on. We're a better team than them, but that's <laughs> probably not a bigger club. Um, 
but back to the sort of like they having the Glazers means they won't be they'll, they'll still be pushing for trophies like they have been under the Glazers, just not as well as they would be under new owners. But yeah, so with that, the share price of United shares have gone down by thirteen percent on these. We can call them rumours at the moment, but it's because they're looking for outside finance to keep their investment in the club. So that's really where it's coming from. And that's why it's looking like they're going to stay. I just think it's incredible that they're going through all these bids, getting people, other people involved. You've, I don't know how many actually overall are bidding on this, but I think we know about two. It's... Um, was it the Jim Ratcliffe and the Qataris are the two we know? One, there's been someone else talking about pulling out because it's been ridiculous. Yes, Finnish businessman Thomas yeah. Zillicus, although let's be honest, he wasn't in it anyway, was he? he I don't probably, know why he was trying to make comments like, get, get real, mate, come on. Yeah, he thought he could get it for an, an okayish price, but the Glazers want to make profit. You're not, you're not buying United for cheap, are you? Right. So it's it's definitely going to be fascinating what actually happens because United fans are not going to be happy. But what more can they actually do? Because they've protested countless times. They've invaded a pitch, got a game called off versus Liverpool. They're still sticking around. It's I don't know whether they're going to try and sweeten them with false promises like they have been constantly with talks about the stadium being rebuilt, things like that, that should have happened years ago, by the way. So it's it's very odd. Obviously, Ten Hag's there and Liv- uh, United fans, sorry, think they're back when you've, you've got to realise you're not back yet. But it's, it's, I don't know, like, it's very odd. And I think for United fans, they're going to be massively disappointed if they do stay. Yeah, I, I mean, a hundred percent. You know, there's already constant protests. This this is only going to make it worse. And for me, the interesting thought now is is was this entire process some elaborate plan for them to basically get a valuation on the club? Because I, I'm struggling to understand why you'd say you're going to sell so so seriously to the point that you've actually got bidders. You're you're doing a formal process. To then completely backtrack that and just pull pull everything seems very very suspicious to me. And bear in mind the values that were being quoted. It's not, you know, they weren't the, the Qatari group weren't trying to pick them up on the cheap. You know, they were they were willing to overpay. So uh, I'm really really struggling to understand what 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 their game is really. And uh, for Man United fans, I, I you know. The thing is, you're right, there's not much more they can physically do than protest because the other thing would be a boycott where you literally don't turn up to the stadium. Um, But it's just, again, it's just not realistic. You know, there'll always be tourists, there'll always be, you know, there there will always be fans in the stadium. Because, yeah, there's going to be, like, people will travel, they'll pretty much, like, save up all their money and travel from America, from, from anywhere to go to the game and they're not going to go... Oh, the other fans are boycotting. I'm not going to go. Yeah, and then they're going to, and then some people will offer a ridiculous amount of money to go. 
and some people will be like, I can't turn this down. And it, the stadium will keep having, it might not be full, but it's going to have a lot of people in there still. It's it's very difficult for a United fan to actually do anything. Yeah, I think I think they're looking at the moment, probably looking to leverage it to get an investment because then you can improve the stadium from there. But, you know, these things do take time. You know, I think the Newcastle ownership, you know, they declared interest in April 2020 and the deal wasn't finalised until 2021 or October 2021. So it does take time. Um, and I don't know anything about business. I don't. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, five billion is the valuation of it and they want five billion. And, and I'm not surprised. It's, the, you know, the biggest club in the country. It generates millions and millions of pounds. You know, if, the fans moan about the debt, but that is how you buy a business. You tend to leverage it with debt, don't you? So, you know, they've been successful at Maynard. When they're doing well, you know, they didn't seem to say a word. So, you know, it's very easy to come out now and complain about it because they've, you know, but it is what it is. You know, I think they will sell. You know, it's just who does it go to? I would argue Surgeon Radcliffe, they, yes, he's a Maynard fan, but he's a businessman first. You know, he owns Nice, he owns Luzerne in Switzerland. They don't win anything. Why hasn't he put his billions in them? Why aren't Nice winning the league in France, you know? So you'd have to ask, will he do the same at United? He'll have more money to do that at United. But why doesn't he do it at Nice, you know? So you've got to look at that. And with the Qatari ownership, that's obviously pretty straightforward. You know, five billion, you could argue, why doesn't he look for a club that could do with some building? I'd probably say, well, at least if he invests in United, he'll make that money back pretty quickly. He doesn't have to build anything. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to build a team from scratch or a, a legacy. Um, but I think it's also publicity, isn't it, for them, the Qataris. It's yeah. publicity. Owning Man United is massive, massive publicity. Oh, yeah. This, is, this isn't this is buying Newcastle, is it? This is buying a team. It's not buying, it's not, it's not buying when they bought City. It's not the, yeah. it's not the same as that. It's not the yeah. same as then they bought Newcastle. It's just not the same. It's they're buying, like I said, I believe the second biggest team in the world. It's yeah. an established sort of club. It's it's the money. The money bit doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a brand. Yeah. Is what they're buying. They're buying a brand rather than a project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're buying it already done. You know, there's nothing. You know, he he can make himself a legend there anyway. It doesn't matter. You know, it's it's a strange one. I think I think in terms of football. People can talk about wanting Sir Jim Radcliffe, but the Qatari ownership will mean that it will stop Man City winning every single year. So at least then we'll get a two-team league, maybe a three-team league if Newcastle get it right, then a one-team league. So I don't think it's well, it could it could just be United winning it again, really, because they're going to have such they're going to have such an advantage over like even City being more established now with the owners, their re- revenue is going to skyrocket and. Like, I this, don't know about yeah, double, it, but it could it could at least go up by 50% and then that's 50% over City. It's interesting how FFP might work with it. I'm not sure it does, but because surely they'd be able to spend more money than they would say the Newcastle owners could spend. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If they if they get the revenue right, that could go up by 50%, which means they have 50%, say, on Man City alone, which means they can spend three, 400 million. There you go. Well, or other clubs can do that. And still end up eleventh in the right jobs. Well, since, since we're throwing out digs, for what it's worth, <laughs> um, 
it doesn't guarantee success. And, and Chelsea are, you know, look, Bowley spent a lot of money. It's only been a season. Let's not get carried away. But, you know, it, it, I don't think even if they got Qatari ownership, they're suddenly going to be, it's not then going to be a one-team league where suddenly City dropped down, Man United suddenly take over. If that were to happen, it would be over sort of five, ten years. And it'll, to... Oh, go on. I don't think it'll take that long. I think you say money doesn't buy success. It does in football. Like, let's be blunt there. There's a different, there's a different well, project in mind with Chelsea. Yours is a long-term project. And yes, Todd Bowley's a very rich man, but he's not over 200 billion rich. Yeah. He'll blow you out the water, just like City can, just like Newcastle will. But how much more can you spend? You can't, like, Bowley, I don't think you can physically spend more than Bowley has. Like, you, what? You can remain, United. They probably earn so much more. And again, they'll find every loophole in the book. They've got the money and the leverage to spend. They've already been spending money at the Glazers. Let's bear that in mind. If they can spend £100 million on Paul Pogba, this guy can spend £200 million on, I don't know, Mbappe if he wanted him. You know, of course, you've got to iron the kinks out. But this will change. This, If it comes to the Tyree thing, I think it will change again because we'll get a three-team league. The rest of the team, the majority of the league will be owned by Americans. They'll push for a different format of a league. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. And and again, well, for the league, I think it's probably fair. Like, as we've seen, the top teams with money, you know, are consistently at the top. But it doesn't it doesn't buy everything. You know, we, we, we speak about City regularly. It might change this year. We, we speak about PSG. I mean, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have the, the sum in my head, but let's think of how much collectively Man City and PSG have spent over, what, a 10-year period. We're probably talking like three billion pounds, right? Or euros. It's about, it's about. It's a, it's about two, two to two and a half billion. Collectively? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. And and obviously they've done well domestically, but we're still here talking about Champions League and neither of those sides have won it. So... I think we'll see it come into the league, but it's not a hundred percent guarantee to win everything just because they've got more money. No, and the way, to be fair, the way football works, they won't win everything. It just won't happen because, like, you can think of they'll build. You know, Real Madrid built Galacticos that didn't win everything. Yeah, like look at you read the names <laughs> off that list. Every one of us goes, "Wow!" Like that player, that player, that player. And then they didn't win everything. So it, in a way, football won't ever go to that, I don't believe. But it is football. Money does matter in football. And like you, people talk about Arsenal, they spent probably the most money in the past two seasons. It's not, it's not like it's not like they've gone, oh, here's 50 quid for Saka, here's 50 quid for Martinelli, kind of. I know they're probably bad examples, but like they've not spent nothing. Arsenal to get where they are they've obviously done them very well every other way and some of the signings people criticise like Ramsdale for example because he was relegated twice in a row <laughs> two different teams but money talks money matters and you're seeing it even lower down if you look at Wrexham why why are Wrexham now going to go up into the football league and they'll probably be one of the favourites to go up again it's because of money, and that's the way it always works. Yeah, and the Italian league is the most exciting in the world because everyone's on the same financial footing. Yeah, simple as that. You know, look at the German league; only one team has money. <laughs> yeah, despite their banner that they thinks you know not ironic at all when they're owned by what is it Adidas? Is it is it Jeep as well? 
people they've like got all the big brands, yeah. They've got big brands and they're the ones putting out a banner about the Glazers and City owners, the irony of them. I know we're getting off topic there. <laughs> I just want to bring back to the Glazers and why they might want to stay. So the rumours are going around, obviously I'm not hearing it from the Glazers' mouth, but they think that the club's going to be worth £10 billion in possibly about four to five years' time. So I I think you mentioned about five million five billion earlier. So they think they're gonna nearly double. I think it's a bit more than that. I can't remember the actual how much it was, but they think it's gonna be worth ten billion through um possibly either a new stadium or rebuilding it all and possibly making a new stand or something along them lines to make it a bigger stadium. And they also think the team's gonna do better under Ten Hag, obviously winning a trophy this year. They were in the title race for about a week, you know, which is better than what they've previously been doing. <laughs> so it's that it's a risky risky way for them. But let's say in four or five years' time, United are not going to be worth even less than what they are now. No, they so can't go lower, can they? They're not going to go lower. And also with this sort of share price falling, it does not matter to the Glazers because the Glazers can go... I'm not selling at that share price. I still want my six billion, seven billion, eight billion, how much ever he wants. So I don't think the share price really matters. It just means people are less likely to buy it. I think, like if the share price is going down, I think it just means they're not selling and they're going to stay on for a little bit longer, unless something massively dramatic happens, like a a nine billion pound bid or something stupid, which I don't see happening. Yeah, it is interesting, actually. And it's kind of ironic that them coming out saying they're going to stay reduces the share price and ultimately value the company, even though they're saying it's going to be worth £10 billion. It's kind of weird how it works. But I guess to your point, you're right, that they're not under pressure. Well, they're under social pressure to sell, but it's very clear that they give absolutely zero shits about that at this point. They're also not um, at the game, are they? Like, I don't think they're going to be at the games thinking that there's going to be pressure from physical abuse kind of thing yeah like you've, like you've seen at other clubs really like i can't remember who the last one was they stadium let's get the owner out kind of thing you're not going to get that at united it's too big and the glazers won't be there anyway yeah most owners aren't at aren't grounds anyway you know levy's at most games at spurs isn't he but that's because he lives you know not not massively far away so so they don't need to go through every game. And and I don't mean it harshly, but why should they really care what the fans think? Like, like let's let's be blunt here. Like, football fans know football. They don't know business. Yeah. And it's all good. They want to keep tradition, but then they want to spend millions and billions of pounds on footballers. So you've got, you've got to have a happy medium here. Yes, they can't cheese them off at every aspect. But, but, you know, if you listen to the fans all the time, you're never going to get anything done. Well, yeah, if you get the fans, you listen to the fans, they go, we don't want oil money, but we want to spend a billion this summer. And sometimes they think do not correlate. And I've already seen it on Twitter, people going, unpopular opinion, I want the Glazers to stay so I don't have oil money. You've been sponsored by oil before. Literally under Ferguson's era, you were sponsored by an oil company. So... I Everyone's got their morals when it comes to money and football. Let's be blunt here. Let when it comes, done, when it any comes billionaire, to them, I was going to say any billionaire who has got that much wealth 
I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, you, you can make Someone links or ties to anything remotely dodgy. Um, but let, let well, let's talk about an unpopular opinion. So everyone's obviously we're slating the Glazers, all the rest of it. Now, I believe the total that the Glazers have spent on transfers since taking over is somewhere in the region of two billion. Now, for all the the bad business and and taking money out of the club, the bottom line that you want as a football fan is money spent in the transfer window. They've got a good stadium, so they're not struggling there. But you want new signings to come in. They needed a CDM, boom, 60 million on Casemiro. They wanted a centre midfielder. You know, we've seen 100 mil for Pogba. We've seen 80 million for Sancho, who, who's flopped. So every big signing or any links in the transfer window, United are in, United are in those conversations. We've seen they'll pay high wages. I think their average squad player, their average wage bill is now 170K per player, obviously, as an average. So they're spending money. They're seemingly in every single transfer negotiation. So the unpopular opinion is, are the Glazers actually that bad? In Well, yes and yes and no. So obviously the money spent, people go no. But it's down to who they've hired for recruitment to why they're not winning stuff. Like winning like they should be for spending that much money. That comes down to them at the end of the day. Then you've got the look, the likes of Old Trafford. Now, Old Trafford's being overlooked for the Euro 2028 bid and City's got ahead. Why? Because City have maintained their stadium. They're trying to improve it and improve, improve the whole sort of match day experience. But United, are, well, the Glazers are neglecting Old Trafford. I think, I think it was a few seasons ago you saw um, rain pouring down through it. That wouldn't that wouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen at sort of big established grounds like that. Maybe it's a one-off, but like and sometimes it's out of your control. But it's something that you've seen it be mentioned by Neville quite a lot. It is just a neglect of what they've done to the club because stadiums shouldn't be like United Stadium was one of the once one of the top stadiums, but now it's definitely not. I know you're not going to compete with Spurs spending that however much money they spent on their stadium, but it should still be up to a very, very good standard and it's just not what it should be for the club of that size. No, I mean, I mean, you're right. The stadium is, is old, isn't it? You know, Ronaldo did hit the nail on the head with that interview, didn't he? By saying it is old and crumbling. And I suppose the argument is if your stadium is already 75,000, can you really build another 75,000 stadium? You know, you'd have to go to 80, 90, 100,000, which they'd feel, they'd feel. But in terms of have they been good owners? I mean, yes, they have. I mean, first of all, I think a lot of people were against them because there was this idea of an American ownership. You know, wake up, people. The game has gone that way. It was always going that way. You know, it is what it is. They got it and then they moaned about the leverage with the debt. As I said before, that's what you do with a business. You don't pay with it your own money. You know, nobody would do that. But they've won Premier League titles, they've won League Cups, they've won a Champions League, they've won FA, they've won an FA Cup, they've won trophies. Yes, the planning after Ferguson has been shocking. Short term, short term big buys that haven't worked out. That's where the concerns lie. Where you think, how's it gone wrong there? But the argument is, I suppose, if did they really plan properly for Ferguson's exit? Probably not. 
and they seem to have got it a little bit right now by being more sensible, not relying too much on big names. Like I know Casemiro is a big signing, but not going on that avenue and changing their tactics and their structure at the club, you know, it looks like they're now on the right path. But they've been successful. You know, you could argue if it was the previous ownership of, of United, they probably wouldn't be where they still are. You know, they needed money. So, it's what it is. Well, there you have it. Man United fans in particular, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Follow us on Insta, TikTok, all the socials. But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Thank <laughs> you.